1: Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Air with Jim Kramer at uh, Philadelphia. We'll get more on that in a moment. David Faber here at the New York Stock Exchange. Pretty busy morning. Uh, futures do pair some gains after the data runs a little hot. Uh, GDP price index, jobless claims with a one-handle. Ten-year yield continues to set some new highs for the year at 396. Our roadmap's going to begin with NVIDIA going all in on AI and shares moving sharply higher ahead of the open. Plus, Tesla's
0: CEO, Elon Musk, says California is still the company's home, sort of. Shares of Alibaba rallying this morning. This after quarterly results smashed
2: through expectations.
1: Jim, we talked a bit about why you're in Philly uh, yesterday. Uh, but remind us what's going on and what's coming up tonight.
2: Well, what we've got is Jamie Dimon's coming here. He's a uh doing this great strategy of going into unbanked areas, not just in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is the microcosm, but all over the country, and we're going to a place, uh, 52nd Street, I don't want to be too granular, but it's a part of town that I think has really suffered from the fact that there's just not enough commerce and when Diamond opens a branch, we have demonstrable information, which shows that there is an increase in commerce, increasing people being able to create businesses. So uh, that's why we're here. And I'm going to spend some time. He's giving us a lot of time today. Uh, speak at noon. Some of the issues that are involving both the bank and also the world. And, I, you know, frankly, I think Jamie Diamond is it captures the zeitgeist, the zeitgeist. And David, I think you sense this where people are a little bit gloomy because they don't know when the Fed's going to stop. They know that we're divided politically. They know that uh, even though unemployment is incredibly low, it's no longer an asset that it's, it's so low. It's a liability. So, David, I think we're going to have to discuss all those things. And I know that, that, that Jamie's pretty candid about these comments.
0: He is. And I'm looking forward to your conversation with him, of course. We talked a lot about what was a hurricane from Dam- Diamond. Maybe I- we downgraded it to a tropical storm, but certainly want to hear his update on Uh, his view of the economy at this point, because so much has changed in such a short amount of time, or at least seemingly so, given the market's reaction to late, uh, Jim. So, you know, even what you said a few weeks ago could be different than what you might say now.
2: Right. I I think, Carl, this idea of how many, the minutes covered it yesterday, how many rate hikes we need makes it so that there is guaranteed uncertainty. Now, Jamie has often talked about, if you go over his notes for many years, this is a time of great uncertainty. That is a theme. Uh, so I want to know, uh, of the level of uncertainties, how uncertainty is this time? Because as far as I'm, there, I mean, if you always say it's a time of great uncertainty, are you bo- boy who cries wolf? Uh, is there an element of boy who cries wolf to Jamie Dimon?
1: Well, I'll tell you, he normally gives a nice, uh, unvarnished uh, view of the country's strengths. And challenges, and I'd be interested to see how that evolves tonight as well, Jim. That's going to be that's going to be huge. Looking forward to it, as David said. Uh, let's get to Nvidia, a surging pre-market after this quarterly beat and guidance above on uh, revenue and margin. Company positioning itself for what it sees as an artificial intelligence boom. This is what Jensen Wong had to say about AI on the call.
2: Nvidia AI is essentially the operating system of AI systems today. It starts from data processing to learning, training, to validations, to inference. And so this body of software is completely accelerated. It runs in every cloud, it runs on-prem, and it supports every framework, every model that we know of.
1: Already today, uh, Goldman upgrades in a big Mia culpa note saying we were wrong to miss the run, Jim. Yeah, I know you said yesterday, don't expect Wong to be too promotional, but he sounded pretty upbeat.
2: Well, he did talk about what he's going to talk about in March when he does the, his big keynote, but yes. Uh, and when I go back and forth with him, here's what happened. They think that Jensen was always ready with this kind of artificial intelligence, accelerated computing, but he did say that chat GPT ignited a lot of interest in. He talked about reaching 150 million people in 60 to 90 days. Uh, and he's saying that, look, there are many use cases. But what I thought really blew me away was he compares this to what happened with the PC revolution, what happened with the Internet revolution, and what happened with the mobile cloud. And therefore, he's thinking about what happened with the iPhone. I, I've never heard him like this. I think that even when I had dinner with him a few months ago, he did not realize how his, how his vision would be accelerated. One of the analysts said, Look, you, you said there's a $300 billion opportunity in software, $300 billion opportunity in computing uh, over time, total adjustable market. And he said it's no longer over time, it's happening now, uh, which is why NVIDIA, I don't know, I mean, we were kicking around, could it go to 300? Yeah, it could. Uh, but, you know Jim, why. I mean, you were They're not expecting this. You were not, expecting this. You, were not no. expecting this. you know, I, yesterday no. you
0: were – you were. listen, obviously you've owned it forever. You've been a, big, a huge proponent of the company. You said that yesterday. But going into the quarter, you sort of thought there would be a more muted tone. Instead, they've leaned think... into AI in a way that you may not have – perhaps others may not have expected. I mean, he's all in and kind of becoming the biggest cheerleader out there, isn't
2: he? <laughs> 100%. Now, there are other reasons. Call it crest here, Call She called the bottom uh, in gaming. Uh, which is pretty amazing. That's why AMD is running so much. Called the bottom in the way uh, expansion of data centers, which have been paused. A lot of it is because of AI. Uh, Created a whole new division that works with Oracle, that works with Azure, uh, that works with Google Cloud, which is basically the NVIDIA AI division that you have to use in order to be able to figure out how this can help you. The use cases are, are in many cases, humdrum, but in many cases, more explosive. But yes, I I was surprised because Jensen was surprised. And Jensen Wong is a true visionary. When he showed me how this works, when I was talking to myself, he said, "Look, in one day, this is going to be common parlance." What he said last night was, "Holy cow! I never expected this to happen so quickly, but it's upon us. Everybody asking for it. We have a monopoly, in it. and he, that's my word, not his." And by the way, once again, Barry Moore's law saying that this is no longer uh, Moore's law is just so slow and can't be accelerated. You know, uh, Jim, what, on, is, there, what is what yeah. is what is
0: DGX Cloud? Today, we're announcing NVIDIA DGX Cloud, the fastest and easiest way to have your own DGX AI supercomputer. Just open your browser, and DGX Cloud is available already through Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, Azure, Google, and others on the way. W- what is that? What is the opportunity? Well, it, it's
2: there? an avi- Okay, so that's a great question. Uh, what he's saying is look, maybe gave you some great, they gave you some amazing concrete use cases I mean Colette said the fabulous CFO she's unlike a lot of CFOs she's very involved with the day-to-day mechanics she goes look maybe you want to use it for uh, to create to generate text for marketing the uh, marketing copy do you want to summarize documents maybe you want to create images for ads you want to create new video games you want to answer customer questions you need to tap into Nvidia AI and do these things you can do it. I mean, basically, the companies I mentioned, the, the the cloud providers, are just going to have to buy hundreds and hundreds of this new uh, chip that Nvidia has. By the way, there's no there's no sign that this is ever going to end, except for their new iteration. They're going to be making their chips that are needed for AI. Uh, there is there's a, a shortage from day one. I mean, they can't make these fast enough. This is a new era. And when you hear about DGX Cloud, what they're saying, it's the fastest way to figure out how you can tap into AI. So let's say right. you're, I'm seeing Jamie Dimon today, uh, the CEO of J.P. Morgan. He needs to contact NVIDIA right now and say, okay, I want to know, how do I do compliance? Can I get compliance done by this method? And the answer is yes, maybe this method's better. Let's say he wants to do call centers. Well, you know what? We don't need call centers anymore. We don't. We don't. I know. I mean, right. the, and Listen, by the way, j Powell ought to be involved with this because we're talking about hundreds of thousands of jobs that will go away because of DGX.
0: Uh, and it's it's everywhere. I mean, there's a brief sentence in the, in the uh, conference call. They say they also announced that NVIDIA captured leading results for AI inference in a key financial services industry benchmark right. for applications right. such as Talk asset back. price discovery.
2: Um, you may not need uh, people, you may not need traders. <laughs> That's what I was, yeah, okay. They That's trade what I was better. kind of wondering. Like, I mean, right. I found myself thinking could these guys have, could this thing have stopped a ridiculous call against the Eagles by just saying, you know, we've analyzed that. Artificial intelligence says it was not a holding call.
1: Oh. AI would have given the, the ball to Marshawn Lynch. That's, uh, uh, that, that would have changed everything. No, you a, know, Jim, it's I, interesting.
2: It, it's, every, it's going to be everywhere, Carl. And we yeah. all start, we're going to have to fight for our jobs ourselves.
1: Um, Opco's got a great note today, Jim, on Microsoft. And I'm quoting here, there are decades where nothing happens and weeks where decades transpire. We're currently in the latter. And I wonder, I mean, you've been emphasizing, you know, we're no longer in an era of of zero cost of capital, meaning you turn to things like cyclicals and materials. But what happens when we introduce a new structural growth story in tech? Do you go back?
2: Well, I mean, they're doing it with Mercedes. They're making Mercedes a software company. Uh, they're finding a way to be able to take companies that are industrial and make them industrial software companies by simply just calling Nvidia. Now I have been after a uh, restaurant change to be able to say listen You got to get rid of that box uh, When you go in the drive through line because artificial intelligence ended that and you can take that person or people involved and just say listen We'll put them elsewhere uh, What what Jensen basically said is you have no choice now because the other guys couldn't do it and AI understands people Better than people understanding people. Now, I know, David, I mean, this is not the end of Moore's Law. I mean, the, that Moore's Law is like, that's like when you used to have that thing that lets you, you know, have over 300 songs on a device, and now you can mm, have 300. Yes, you, the 300 iPod. yes, that's what this yeah. is about. Now, David, you will be skeptical until our bosses come and say, you know, I watched you this morning, and you know what? I also ran it through NVIDIA, and I mean, you're good. You're, You're good. That good. They're great. Yeah. You're not that good. Yeah. Now, no, I mean, we all laugh. It. At J, G, G, GPT is a parlor game. But what Jensen said was it showed you what you could do. It's, I mean, if you decide, look, in compliance, people are saying things that they shouldn't. The only way to really capture it is through NVIDIA. Uh, Jim, so listen, every it's, bank it's, is going to use it.
0: Yeah, it's early days, but I'm not going to be as skeptical as I was of the metaverse as I am of, uh, uh, you know, Amen. in any way. Uh, this, is, this is a seismic change. Everybody seems to believe that's the case. When you get Colette Kress saying the way things she did on the call as well, just saying it's an inflection point, Carl, everybody seems to be indicating the
1: same. UBS has a tutorial note this morning Mm -hmm. on ChatGPT, and they say could this report have been written by ChatGPT? Probably. The report itself. Yeah.
0: I mean... Jim, you're not going to need to read conference calls anymore. ChatGPT will do that for you at the end of an, e- you know, a Correct. long evening. You can actually sit down to a, to a nice well, scotch or whatever you might choose as opposed uh, to spending Mescal. hours going through Mezcal. Let, uh, just have right. ChatGPT go through the NVIDIA call for you. Let's say I'm is interesting.
2: and I just say, listen, I, I type in, uh, give me all the negative stuff because they missed the, their forecast is so bad. And within uh, two seconds, it will have that. Just exactly summarizing what went wrong, I I keep thinking, you have people who answer phones right now, companies speaking to customers. You will not have any idea that the thing that you're speaking to is not a person. It's not gonna be press one for this. It's literally going to be someone who speaks more proficiently and understands what you want more. And what Jay has to understand, they really need to be focused. Every banker needs to be focused, every politician, which of course won't happen, needs to be focused about what job does not need a person. So if we have this low level of unemployment, this is the answer and it will be within 18 months. Not 18 it's years. It's going to be Jensen's fast. talking about yeah. 18 months. Yeah. And you, by the well, way, it Nvidia makes it, makes it have, even
0: more important, right? Uh, that upcoming speech that he gives every year, what well, is uh, in March, right? I mean, and we're going to get March. more details. GTC, is that what they call it? The—is yes. that what I'm, what I'm seeing what, here? What
2: will happen, yeah. happen is that we'll understand, what, like when he says creating images for ads, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, well, there's an ad for me for our investing club. I am convinced that, that this, you just say, listen, I want an ad that would be best summarizing why you should join the investing club. And probably within maybe three seconds, it'll have it. It'll have the copy. It'll have everything that's better than anything a human could think of. I think humans are going to have to start assessing what does this do to their job? Does it make it better or does it eliminate it?
0: Well, they got AI doing price discovery, Jim. So maybe your job's not that, you know, your job could be in danger,
2: too. I'm going to say to Jamie Dimon today when I see him, every non-revenue producer, every non-revenue producer, what we used to call Goldman Sachs dead wood, sorry, will now be replaced. And Jamie has to sit down with his team and just say, listen, I want this division gone. I just don't, I, you know, Charlie Sharf last night closed a mortgage division. I've laid off a lot of people else far. What you can say is, look, I just want all mortgages to be dealt with through AI. I don't want Newman's involved. It's too dangerous. This is not Upstart. Upstart, which is a company I don't like at all. This is right. literally a way to be able to have it. So that division closed, that division closed. This division now reports to that. We can wipe that out. And David, there's going to be a revolution in at the workplace, and all you got to do is read this conference call, or have AI read this conference call, and you'll know it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the workplace or everywhere else, since people, Carl, don't really come to the workplace that often. yeah,
2: They're bossing your four days. Yes, they don't like four
0: days. Um, I'll ask Jamie Dunn,
2: because I think he wants people to come (laughs) six days. And, you know, pick Saturday or Sunday. It's your choice religiously. Still building that giant
0: building at 270 Park Avenue, man. That thing's going up. It's going to be beautiful. AI has wrecked that building. It's a wrecking ball.
2: (laughs) Consider AI as a wrecking ball, Okay.
1: Huge, huge long-term ramifications, guys. When we come back, uh, what Elon Musk is saying about Tesla's new engineering headquarters in California and doing business in that state, we're gonna get to a bunch of names actually in EVs, uh, Ride and Lucid with News Today, Apple, Netflix, uh, Papa John's, Domino's, a lot more. Take a look at futures, we're back in a minute.
3: From their innovative practice facility,
2: California Texas company.
1: Right, okay. We're,
2: we're trying to emphasize that actually. Okay. Yeah. And just that, a that, question. We're, we're kind of a dual headquarter company. Okay. Yeah. So is
3: this kind of like HQ two
2: now? S- well I don't want to use those words.
3: Okay, not those words. <laughs> One other question,
1: are you kind but, uh, of reversing your stance? It, it is
2: effectively a headquarters of Tesla.
1: Elon Musk talking to CNBC yesterday about their new engineering headquarters in California. He toured that facility uh, with the state's governor Gavin Newsom. They talked about expansion with the focus on hiring engineers proficient in uh, research development and AI. Uh, Jim, this uh, Texas California split's getting interesting.
2: Look, ever when Musk used to bash California, there was really kind of a period where the people who were making all this money couldn't find the right talent or felt that the government isn't supportive. The the pictures with Gavin Newsom were, I think, rather extraordinary. Maybe the new partnership with with California, uh, they don't... uh, California, she's much more business friendly. They certainly need it. We certainly know the downtowns need it. They're using the old HP headquarters. I I don't know. I like everything I heard because California, uh, masked by all the billionaires who made so much money in tech, is hurting. And the engineers that he's looking for, Musk, they're available because they're being laid off everywhere. David, the layoffs in tech are done in a very uh, sotto voce way. But you can get all the engineers you want versus, say, uh, 18 months ago.
0: Yeah, well, listen, Mr. Musk himself, of course, has led that uh, and perhaps given cover to others who would also or perhaps would have not been as bold as they have been in terms of layoffs given how many people have been let go from Twitter, right? We went from, what, right. 8,000 to 2,000 employees is what I've heard. I don't know what the latest count is and right it's now. it's improved. And Twitter's it, improved. It's down dramatically. But it is interesting to see him with Gavin Newsom, given that particularly if you look at his tweets over time, and it's hard not to, Um, You know, he has not been particularly favorable towards California. We all know he's moved to Austin. Obviously, that's where he said the headquarters is, but this is clearly yet another headquarters. So he does seem to be making some amends here, Jim, in some way, I guess, uh, Um, with uh, with Newsom, considered to be relatively progressive as a politician,
2: although he did start his life as a business guy. Well, when you talk to Newsom, he's so pro-business. I mean, he's... And he also a guy like he would understand that Musk is a visionary that you really want to have in your state. I mean, I was to, I went to a launch last uh, last week to see what it was like to see SpaceX. I mean, I, he would have headquarters in Florida too. Um,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Musk going on to you know just sort of talk about California should be cautious about taxes taxes and overregulation going too far. Again, this is what he had to say guys do we want to hit lucid as well i mean we after have the break for- we'll we
1: hit it uh, they're both down pretty bad on yeah. some of these production guides yeah uh, we'll get to that we'll get to Cramer's mad dash and countdown to the opening bell uh, take one more look here at futures we were a bit higher after or before rather claims came in at a four-week low 192k and the gdp price index came in hot as well we're back in just a moment
3: from their innovative practice facility
1: While we're still reflecting on the Fed minutes uh, yesterday, you got Williams uh, uh, saying he's absolutely committed to a 2% inflation target over the coming years. Got some hot data today and futures hanging on to green. Uh, oh, don't forget the opening bell is coming up in about six minutes and you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Back after a break.
0: Let's get to a mad dash, head back down to uh, Philadelphia. Want to talk a little pizza today,
2: don't you? They're calling it the Great Pizza Round, David. Both Domino's and Papa John's have reported very disappointing numbers, and the forecasts are no better. What's extraordinary here, David, is that Domino's has a real slowdown, and perhaps some of it's related to the fact of the shortage in drivers. Now, I don't see AI replacing drivers, but I've got to tell you, David, you get a $3 tip if you come to the store. This has made it so that perhaps Domino's a little less convenient. The numbers were clearly disappointed, and, and there's no getting, getting around it. We have to start thinking, what happened here? Because there's such a disparity between what they thought the revenues would be and what they turned out. Uh, At Papa John's, which I have on tonight, its same-store sales are, are just not growth. And what, I'm, what I think I'm leading up to is this was a growth category, David, that no longer has growth. And I'm shocked because it's been so good to go for so long. Pizza Hut did not have that great numbers either when it comes to Yum. So maybe the great American love affair with pizza is has grown tepid. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it needs what does it need? Counseling? I don't know. But the love affair is huh. cool.
0: My love affair with pizza will never end. Um, really?
2: That's more anecdotal oh, this than is empirical. Me. Yeah, yeah, that's just me. That's, You're is. out of but step. You,
0: you, you, you think it could be a demand issue, or are you also saying it's because you, you mentioned drivers.
2: Is it a well, do- people ordering? Well, Domino's is drivers. Few- yes, okay. there's demand, there's demand and drivers. Now I'm going to speak to Pop Johns tonight. That's been a one-way ticket uh, higher, uh, But yep. they did miss. And these are, David, this has been the one area of what I regard as being in the restaurant business unstoppable. Because it represented great value. People love their pizza. Got to find out maybe the Super Bowl wasn't such a big hit. I know that there right. are problems getting the pizza to you. And that is another job we can't find drivers for. That's a problem for the Fed. I Meaning sensing that it's the, the really, it's, it's existential, David. We don't have enough people to take things, to take a pizza to you? I mean, that used to be, by the way, immigrants would come and work all the way up to have their own store. This was something that Pat Doyle taught me when he was CEO. This was the great American dream. Start driving to then owning a store. I want to question whether the American dream still exists. Got
0: it. I still recommend eating pizza on premises if possible. That that cardboard box just does bad things to it. On prem. You want to be on prem. Yeah. Yeah, Not in the cloud. No, No, not in the cloud. No, that's one thing. Pizza's not in the cloud, Carl. You know, it's uh, it's here and now.
1: Uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, at least at Papa John's, Jim, digital transactions now 85% of the total. Uh, certainly, we've definitely changed the way we order pizza, at least. Right. Let's get the Carl, that's good opening bell why here. I,
2: that's why I say it's demand, because they got that yeah. down. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about how it was a technology story for
1: years. Uh, opening bell here at the CBC the Old Time Exchange at the Big Board. TNO Financial holding its investor day at the NASDAQ. It is NASCAR Daytona 500 winner Ricky Stenhouse Jr., joined by the Cup Series team JTD uh, Daugherty Racing. Jim, the host of consumer names this morning, uh, not doing so well. I mean, that's the pizza names, uh, but Keurig, Dr. Pepper, Dollar General, Wayfair, wider than expected loss. What do you think is going on?
2: Yeah, I, well, the Dollar General. Said that there were some storm issues, but I, I do think that this is a, a rebellion against goods. We just do not see as many goods being bought. It's mentioned over and over on almost every single conference call. In the meantime, uh, I think that that the conference call that was Nvidia ignited the Nasdaq because remember we're talking a lot about AI. But Colette Crest uh, said, "Look, the inventory correction in gaming is over." The data center build is good. That's going to move up all the SMH, even though I think that the best way to play all this is to is just go buy NVIDIA. A Dollar General maybe a little bit of an overreaction, but this was a pre-announcement and quite shocking. NVIDIA being up 26 should be no surprise, given the fact that Jensen, Jensen Wong, who was brilliant, I always call him Da Vinci, did not see the quick adoption of what he's been saying could happen. I mean, when I talked to him last fall, he was saying, look, this is going to happen within the next 10 years. Now he's talking about it happening in the next 18 months. Uh, (laughs) That's extraordinary. Uh, This is a man who is a visionary, but he didn't even see it himself, how quickly everyone wants to be involved. So that's going to go through the whole, reverberate through the whole food chain. By the way, Microsoft should be doing better on this. Google should be doing better on this. But I felt that his emphasis on Oracle would make it so that Oracle became a growth stock once again. Really rather extraordinary, igniting all of the Nasdaq. David, when you have something where you have the best in the business saying, you know what, everything has changed, everybody is going to get that. Everyone is going to say, is this business going to be augmented? And they're going to take everything up until they figure out what should not have been brought up. Intel. The Intel fared so badly in last night's call, but we got a a a sell to hold. Intel is. It's Intel doesn't have what it takes. No, got nothing, there was got nothing for
0: Intel. There was a positive note from Morgan Stanley citing limited downside given its yeah, underperformance well, already with that dividend cut out of the way. But you know, Jim, it's not as though we hadn't noticed Nvidia's move up already on the hopes for AI and its central place in fueling uh, AI. I, you know, I guess it's just the fact that again. Jensen Wong really
2: leaned into it as opposed to saying, whoa, don't get ahead of yourself. Right. I mean, that was a surprise for all of us. Call that question, remember, called the bottom in gaming. Gaming has had a terrible inventory correction. That's fantastic for PCs. Uh, She said that the data center spend is accelerating. So you've got data center accelerating. You have uh, the best job, best business on PCs. The correction is over. Uh, and then you have AI, of which is touching pretty much every industry and making it so that you're going to be much more efficient. That was one of the, the themes. But one of the things that's amazing is that there is no other competitor than NVIDIA. Their computers, their, it's a really supercomputer, is so much faster than everybody else that there isn't anybody who can catch up. So there's one company that is dominating AI. I can't recall one company dominating an industry that is $600 billion in total, just one market now. And there's no yeah. one who competes. And they, by the way, when I ask them the question of, like, do you have enough uh, of your carts to equal demand? The answer is basically no, we, we can't equal demand. And we can't equal demand for many years. Well, what company has that going for? Right. Although two of your favorite
0: names, AMD, is up over 6%. Again, you said earlier, Jim, that may be because of the comments on gaming in particular from CFO Crest. correct?
2: Yeah, I mean, because Lisa Sue, the CEO of AMD, did not say that last quarter. She was still worried about the inventory glut. if the correction is over, David, then AMD can go, not going to go back to 170, but it can go up substantially from
0: here. Guys, uh, switching subjects a bit. We mentioned Alibaba at the very top of the show. It's worth coming back to. Stocks already Coming off a little bit of where, at least, we opened here, of course, uh, Bob is still a $260 billion market cap company. But if you take a look back at any fair length of time, it was a lot higher, as we all know. Nonetheless, it is a good um, reflection of consumer sentiment uh, in uh, in China. The revenues were up year-over-year increase of 2%. One would think, wow, 2% and that gets things going. But that kind of gives you a sense as to what the market was expecting and where things have been. Uh, They talk about continued improving operating efficiency, but also in the uh, press release, at least, talk about continued recovery in consumer sentiment and economic activity uh, in China. Uh, Income was up sharply. Um, They also are developing their own AI over in China is uh, Baba. But as we discussed yesterday, it's unclear exactly What safeguards are going to come along with those opportunities that some of these Chinese tech giants find, Jim? Nonetheless, a positive report from Baba. Shares are up about 10% so far this year.
2: Well, it reminds me of what Andy Jassy was faced with when uh, COVID, the lockdowns ended. Uh, Can that be maintained? The stock was up 7 and that's when people started realizing, wait a second, maybe this is the last good quarter and there'll be a COVID hangover next. I agree with that sentiment and think that that is not a stock that you want to own uh, simply because it, it, they made the number with cost cut. And that's, you know, we never, well, look, when we think of China, we want to make the numbers with revenue growth. This was not one of those quarters. Uh, it's funny because the group that I was most worried about going into today was oil. And look at oil. Look at the, uh, how much money was made by Pioneer, by co with these prices that are so low so these are kind of an interesting i think oil is an interesting place to focus on only because who would ever thought that the oil companies can do well with natural gas in two bucks uh, rather incredible how well run some of these companies are
1: yeah i was pioneer just a couple weeks ago that said uh, a, a two handle uh, or a two dollar price on that gas would be troublesome for some rigs jim but inventories up nine straight weeks and the spread between brent and texas Getting a lot narrower shows that there uh, there is supply around the world. It's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, my chapter sounds Pioneer. We actually trimmed some because we did get nervous. That nervousness was probably incorrect, given the fact that I was shocked that Pioneer has about any any information that eleven to fifteen dollars a barrel of oil equipment costs. So I mean, when you have oil at seventy nine dollars, uh, or you know, a little bit lower here, uh, seventy five. Look, if you're basis is 15, you're going to crush it. And that's what Pioneer did. They crushed it. Kotara, uh, which is 50% natural gas, gave you a, a forecast that wasn't that good, but told you that they're making a lot more money than people thought. Uh, I just think that this is now an overlooked group if you do think that natural gas is bottom, which a lot of people did. A lot of our viewers uh, were on CNBC.com yesterday hitting up EQT, which is really just a pure net gas play, saying, uh, David, I know you've been thinking about the bottom and natural gas at two bucks. It looks like it's here. Of course.
0: Yeah, right. thank you. I have been, and I appreciate your informing me of Not that. Not a problem. Not a problem. Because it is, it kind of uh, is something that's always in my thoughts where natural gas I is going to bottom. Um, I, I, yes. Yeah. Uh, something else I've been uh, thinking about is Lucid shares. You know, you can remember it wasn't that long ago. Of course, these things, these shares hit a high, at least a recent high, in part on speculation that perhaps the company would get a buyout from its largest shareholder, uh, the Saudi uh, PIF. Um, that hasn't happened, but what has is earnings, and they weren't good. Uh, they weren't good. No. They're going to double production, says the Wall Street Journal. No, yeah, but really uh, it's mm-hmm. the production outlook of 10 to 14,000 vehicles for 2023. That was meaningfully below many analysts' expectations. Um, many were at as high as 27,000 for this year. The company did note production's uh, no longer a bottleneck, but they do have supply chain that remains a challenge. And it does appear, at least, that they're going to have to do more marketing. Um, increased brand awareness. And of course, that costs money. Uh, but overall, just weaker than expected results in terms of, again, reservations slipping to 28,000, production expectations for this year. And you can see where Lucid is. Those sports a pretty hefty market value of over $14 billion, uh, just to point that out. And shares are still up 25% this year. But people perhaps finally kind of running from that rumor. And we kind of we kind of tried to pour some cold water on at the time, Jim,
2: when it, oh, the stock when I tried. was running. You can see you it You crushed right there. that room. Yeah. But David, <laughs> I, if you look at yeah, the try. EBITDA uh, losses, they'll be out of money in a year and a half. That's soon. Yeah. That's I mean, soon. I don't know what they're going to do. I do think that they have a great car. I mean, I've driven it, but that talk about uh, something that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant how great the car is at this point. You, uh, David, you have chronicled to... this thing from its rise to its fall, and it's a yes. shame because uh, Peter Rollinson is a visionary, but he, it's starting to feel more like like the Tucker, you know?
0: Well, right. We, we focused on it, obviously, with Churchill Capital, four, um, the big SPAC deal, Michael Klein. It's obviously below that price again at eight fifty three. If you've been in there the whole way, You've oh. lost money now. That said, it's still a $14 billion market cap company, Jim, uh, with a very large and deep-pocketed uh, majority shareholder. So, you know, we'll see if they need they more money, put money that in that thing now.
2: From. They got to put yeah. money in that thing right now. Uh, or else I think we just have to say that it, it was a great run. Uh, they have to do that because the cars is too good to, to just go away from I mean, Carl... Right now, what uh, Phil Lebeau yesterday had the great story about how uh, in California, Musk has number one and number two. There's a lot of room for a company that wants to come in a beautiful car car, and take share, Uh, but the production problems here are just now legion. I mean, they were there when I was out there with uh, Rawlinson last year. The problems were terrible. The problems aren't getting better. It was two years ago. The problems aren't getting better. Uh, Yeah, more reason to buy Tesla Tesla
1: is. Is very hard to catch up on. Uh, it's just there's yes. too many advantages and structural advantages, supply chain uh, logistics advantages. Uh, that's what that's that's what's fed the bull argument yeah. on Tesla for so long. Um, Jim, we haven't really had a chance to talk about Apple and Dexcom. Uh, but this piece about the glucose monitoring project at Apple, hundreds of engineers, uh, one of the most secretive projects, according to Bloomberg, that it goes back to the jobs era. What did you make of this story yesterday?
2: Well, look, I, I, I have Kevin Sayre on uh, pretty much every quarter for Dexcom. And Dexcom is is uh, doing a device that will be as big as a nickel that you can implant that has got a perfect read. But what's so incredible is it's a perfect read on your iPhone. I mean, it, it's like you go and you get the reading, and your iPhone tells you uh, how much, what you need and what you don't. So they're kind of reverse engineering that on your watch. Uh, And they do it on this. Well, you do cut out Dexcom, but I would point out that uh, Dexcom's got uh, Medicare backing. Uh, Dexcom's got a terrific device. So does Libra from Abbott Labs. It's not going to be as easy as just saying, you know what, you don't need that device implanted. We've got it covered. But if you can make it so that you don't have an implanted device, that is really going to be negative for Dexcom, which is a fantastic company.
1: It does remind me of when the the watch first came along, David, and we were like, could they go into the medical device space? Are they willing to start dealing with the FDA? Yep. Uh, it's still a question.
0: It is. But the they've certainly doubled down on health in general, right? Yep. Uh, and
2: and helping you monitor it in all sorts of ways. Well, David, um, you, you wear yeah. a watch. You know that there's a great deal of health. Now, yesterday, two days ago, I was We're on the show. Man, money, I was going yeah. like this. And it indicated right. that I had had a fall.
0: Oh. So it's not exact. Not good. Now, exactly. I haven't worn a watch in years. Um, I've let you guys do the Apple Watch for me. I've just gotten rid of my watch because why do you need a watch when you
2: have your phone? Um, well, because of your blood pressure, you're, because it tells <laughs> you you're walking. Because well, now great. maybe it, it, that's, I know it, I'm
0: walking. If it comes cool. to the day when I don't know I'm walking and I am walking, then really, well, I well, it, really it's more sensitive.
2: Anyway. It's got more of a theme. Oh, than that.
0: oh I know. All I mean, those call, poor you, skiers you, who keep call, falling. Well, look, and i they're, you know sending the yeah, having calling nine one one from
2: the mountain. I'm using AI. It turns out. well, I don't need David. Did you get the button that says you don't need David? <laughs> I'm going
0: away now. Wow, David. Good <laughs> but stuff not here until about until the I talk,
2: Not until I talk about
0: Bed Bath and Body Works. No, it's not that. Best Buy, Bed Bath and Body Works. You want no, not talk about that. soap.
2: I'm talking about life saving. You wouldn't talk about lotion. Go, it's go. Give me the, the lotion motion, David. It should be
0: Best buy, Bed Bath and Body Works, but they haven't all gotten together yet. Why am I mentioning Netflix. the stock? We got a kind of an old-fashioned proxy fight, guys. Here, uh, third point: it's kind of an old, like a letter you'd see from Dan Loeb from a while back, attacking a, a director's compensation, namely the chairman, a um, uh, Miss Nash. They say uh, you know detected a pronounced aversion to including a shareholder representative on the board. Um, and citing the compensation she received, that is Nash, to be, at least in an interim basis, a chair, 18 million bucks. But he's going after them on a number of fronts. Uh, Capital allocation seems to be one of his focuses. And um, what he believes has just not been a a good um, strategy when it comes to that, in terms of buying back stock at highs and not buying it back at lows. and a number of different decisions they've made there. It's a good old-fashioned proxy fight. He's, uh, we don't know who, but he's got candidates for the board at this point, um, I believe. And um, he says his director candidates, um, well, he's gonna gonna go with them. That said, he's already talked to the company and actually they say at Third Point's request, the board interviewed candidates and recommended uh, a candidate. That would be Lucy Brady, who now is a senior executive at Canagra. She was appointed to the board. But this board, for some reason, or their advisors, chose not to get into a standstill with him. Usually, you do that, sign up a standstill. Be smart. They didn't do that. And so that put him in a position to still go after them, which he is doing and saying he wants more board representation for the company. By the way, in the midst of all this, the company reported earnings this morning, the, guidance, the fourth quarter was strong. The guidance did not look particularly strong. The stock looked weak in the pre-market, but it is now up, and up rather nicely. Um, but again, it's kind of an old-fashioned letter from Loeb here. He's going after a few things, including capital allocation, but he does save his main attack uh, for, um, for one of these key directors who he says is simply overpaid, should not have been considered an independent director in any way with this outside pay package, a red flag for shareholders, and signaling a massive governance failure. He says he fears the reason the board is reacting this way is because they and others have many reasons to close the curtain before shareholders can take a closer look at what transpired on their watch. Jim, I don't know what you think about the stock on its fundamentals. You know, it's a $9.5 billion company, not to be in any way confused with Bed Bath & Beyond.
2: Well, the numbers were very, the, uh, boy, I'll tell you, the Ford forecast was just grim. Uh, and it makes me wonder whether we're going to see people, once again, uh, when your soap is part of this whole category, you don't want soap, no soap, you want radio. I mean, what I'm finding so much, David, is if you're going out that's a winner. Look at the stock of American Express. People aren't going to the mall and seriously buying these things. And by the way, you mentioned Bed Bath & Beyond. I had Dom Whittle, and he's, his company FRT Federal Realty is the largest shopping center uh, company in the country. They just basically in the conference just said, look, the expected bankruptcy of, of Bed Bath. I don't want to do. I don't want to be in these stores. I don't want to go to Dollar General. I don't want to go to ba- Bath and Body Works. These are not what people are doing, Carl. There is a well, real there, there, there. There's run from the mall, run from them.
0: They're still talking about an up seven percent, you know, uh, compounded annual growth rate, Jim. Um, but that, I mean, they, talking, they're making so much less. Well. Two hundred million dollars in cost savings, uh, by the way, as well as part of the plan there. Oh, good. That may not be included. I'd rather in be in, be in Walmart. Be conservative guidance.
1: All right. I'll tell you what. I mean, whether it's Walmart, Home Depot, TJX, uh, Bed Bath Today, Now, or Bath and Body Works, uh, and Dillard's, Jim. I mean, the guidance out of retail this week has been uh, fairly negative, and it does bring us to what Target's going to say on Tuesday.
2: I know. I mean, I think Target, at least the stock has been. Uh, it's ready for a, a not great number. Uh, I know that the apparel part of Walmart, uh, they're not raving about it, but boy, they source that thing all over. And, very very inexpensive. Look, I just think that retail, it it represents the part of the economy that is not on fire. And we now have to start thinking more about the, uh, if you go back to the tolls, toll call, the 50 million people who are millennials, uh, they're not going. 60 million. I mean, there's just some number of people that bought everything they needed to buy. And I thought that Bath & Body Works, the good thing about it, David, is, well, the stuff, you go through it, then there's a lot of return customers. But I'm very concerned about that particular part of retail, which is the part that is you might have stocked up on uh, during the pandemic, and you're not done. Look at the retail, David, and yeah. Amazon. Amazon. No, I hear you. Oh, it's look not at Wayfair. good. Yeah, Wayfair. Wayfair. Today. Wayfair was killing it not that long ago. And by the way, you, you got you, you saw early on uh, when you started seeing weak numbers from Williams Sonoma that people bought everything they needed for their home. They want to go out antithetical David antithetical to the current zeitgeist post-COVID they want where to you out, David many, they don't want you're to to doing a lot of
0: things they don't want to buy pizza anymore or at least eat as much pizza as they want and they're no. all going to have AI programming their lives for them pretty soon I mean, that's they want the to drink from co- show they want to drink coffee with olive oil in it oh that was yesterday's show Jim not today's uh, yeah,
2: all right.
0: yeah. I tried that doesn't sound good to me did you try it? have you tried it yet?
2: No, but I mixed my own virgin olive oil into coffee, and I don't want to advise it. I, I didn't know would. how to do an emulsifier. But what do I know? I know. Very, very little on this got, topic of anything. I have very limited tastes. I'll leave
0: it to a connoisseur like Mr. Carl. Uh, yeah, to just, tell uh, me. just
1: Splendid Milk. That's all you need, guys. Uh, as I'll we go to break, take a look at the bond report. Yields have come off the session highs. We did get to 3.96 on the 10-year, currently back down to 3.9. Bostick speaks in the uh, 10 a.m. hour and daily at 2. We're back in a minute. Watching some crypto today. uh, Numbers generally in the green, although we do have some new headlines on Sam Bankman freed. A new uh, superseding indictment has now been filed against him, uh, adding charges tied this time to unlawful campaign donations during the last election cycle. That's according to court documents. He's basically accused of using straw donors to mask the true origins of the funds. And according to the documents, uh, no candidates are alleged to have been involved in any wrongdoing. We're gonna watch that as well. Dow's up 200 to start this Thursday. Don't go away. All right, Jim, remind us what's on MAD tonight.
2: Okay, we've got J.P. Morgan. We're also going to have some of it during on Scott's show. Uh, Scottie's going to get the, the first chunk. This is Jamie Dimon. Papa John's, what the heck is wrong with pizza? And then Peachy and e oh, my. Uh, th- this is just a great turnaround story. And I know that at this moment there's a lot of stock for sale from a trust that they had to do. But, wow, I love the story. Very exciting show. Hey, by the way, check out Amazon's health this morning. I'm going in and signing up right now. It's amazing what they're going to do with this one. hell. this morning. Really? Yeah. It just it just came out. I'm going. It, it, I'm going for, I'm going for it, uh, after the show. All right,
1: Jim. That's a good tip. We'll check that out. Yeah. Look forward to this afternoon and tonight. Thank you. Very All good. right. Hurry on back, uh, Jim Cramer. Of course, Mad Money tonight, six p.m. Eastern Time. As we got equities in the green on the back of some yields coming back a bit from session highs. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's
0: Squawk on the Street. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive,
3: AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at t slash now.